Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the Ninth State Sports Show, Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina, and responsibly social distancing again this week is Dairy Field Head Coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you doing tonight? Doing all right. A little, you know, we typical New England fashion. We went right from winter to, uh, to summer, <laughs> and now everyone's going to complain about how hot it is. This this would have been the day for sure that my kids would have would have talked me out of having practice today. So, we, or we would have had a really short one. I guarantee it. Nice that it comes in the last week of May. I mean, I feel like usually these come like, you know, the week, like April vacation week or something. There's like one random day. It's just like, oh, what are we going to do the rest? What are we going to do the rest of the spring if it's this hot? And then it like it drops down to like 40 the next week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this week uh, we're going to be mixing it up again uh, as we'll be joined for the first time by a member of the 2020 senior class. guy that you're very familiar with coach uh Durryfield senior uh matt weimer is going to join us and we'll also be talking to bishop girton girls lacrosse coach leslie y uh of course taking over a program that's uh had some success in in recent years winning a couple of division one championships are really excited to hear what uh what she has to say about the you know the future of the cardinals yeah i'm excited about both our guests tonight i mean obviously you know matt is uh near and dear to my heart you know just a, a warrior for me uh we'll get we'll get into his story a little bit about you know i think um for coaches and players listening a lot a lot of guys know a lot of people know matt um you know he's, he's a player that's battled through a lot of injuries over the years and uh came came away last year with one of, one of the best years that any player in Derryville history has had um and so I'm, I'm excited to get him on and then uh yeah i'm excited to hear about the the future of the cardinal program you know, Leslie taking over an already strong program, uh, you know, a really deep program, um, you know, excited to hear maybe how what her take, uh, you know, and her twist on the program will be over the next couple of years. As always, you can send us questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at NHHSSports. And you can listen to the lacrosse show every Thursday morning at nh-highschoolsports.com. I believe we've we've discussed we're going to we're going to keep doing this for a couple of weeks i think right well into june uh kind of give you like absolutely the normal, yeah go go maybe the normal playoff distance at least yeah and like we've talked about i think uh i think the, unless i'm wrong i think the plans are still in the work to maybe do do a couple of live events uh where we where we stream championship and playoff games <laughs> from the past there we're working we're, we're, we're still working on, on that we're still we're working, working on that uh All right. still it's, I have a feeling it's going to come down to the wire here, like man, pretty much like everything else we sometimes do. <laughs> I think that if we can pull that off, I think that'd be a fun way. Yeah. I think that'd be a fun way to wrap up the, you know, or at least a, a somewhat fun way to wrap up the spring in a, in a challenging spring. But uh, yeah, it kind of reminds me, it's what we had to do this weekend. You know, for most lacrosse fans, Memorial Day weekend is like it's it's the mecca of of all events in the lacrosse world. You know, everybody comes together, and we've got the NCAA championships. You've got you've got the the girls finals. You've got the the boys division one, two, and three finals. Um, and so I, I don't know about you, but I tried to keep it as as normal as possible this weekend. We had a little barbecue in the backyard, uh, set up some chairs, had some people socially distanced, brought a TV out, and uh, had a little had a little cookout and watched past uh, past games on ESPN. There, I had, I had forgotten how many times Maryland was in the championship <laughs> game before they finally got over the hump in 2017. I kept I kept turning on games and being like, wait, Maryland's playing again? Like, so I forgot I'd forgotten that. So tried to keep it as normal as possible. Well, see, I've been in a I've been in a situation. I know we talked last week about the the schedule being a little bit different this year and and the regular season high school regular season extending beyond Memorial Day. And usually, what ends up happening with this weekend is because the season ends the Friday before, 
and then the playoffs don't start until at least the following Wednesday, I end up getting sucked into my other job and spending a lot of time there. And I and I did this past weekend, but not quite as much. Uh, and and usually I miss out on on watching a lot of the I, I you know I get a, a piece here and there of the college um, games. And this year, I, I actually spent a lot of Monday night watching um, the games that they had going on. And I did the same thing, too. I for, I'd forgotten that, you know, I was watching the, the, the Yale-Duke final from a couple years ago. And then mm-hmm. I was watching it online. So there was, like, no real transition. All of a sudden, that game ended. And boom, the next one started. And I was like, wait a second. What what am I watching here? Why did Yale's u- uniforms change? Oh, wait a minute. I, this is another <laughs> game here. Uh, so, yeah, that was um, – yeah, I had a little bit more time um, – uh, to, at least in terms of watching games, um, yeah. So I would have, I and I feel like this year I would have been able to as well, because the seasons. But you know, usually I'm also in in getting ready for playoff mode too. So that takes up a little bit of time, uh, trying to get preview playoff previews ready. So I wasn't, you know, that wasn't going to be the case this year. Uh, so hopefully next year it's a maybe it's a similar schedule. You know, where where that time is is ex- you know does exist. Yeah. I'll put I'll put you on the spot a little bit. Did you have Did you have a favorite game? Did, was there Was there a championship game you, you liked that you that you, that stuck out to you over the weekend? The one that I did mention. I mean, that's um, that was a very entertaining game. That the the 2018 final. Um, yeah, the Yale Yale Duke game, 13-11. That was a that was a great game. There a lot of action up and down. That was that was that was one of my favorites too. You know, it's at Fox at Foxborough. Right. Yeah. I was live at that game. You know. Game. Um, it, it's one of those ones where you're watching it for a stretch there, and it's like, man, Yale is just gonna, you know, it, it, they're gonna they're gonna make this game ugly, like it's gonna look bad, and then all of a sudden it just kind of, you know, something happens and it just momentum just swings, and uh, it's kind of like one of those that they're gonna have enough to, you know, enough to hold on. I, and I feel like I've watched, I watched plenty of high school championship games that have gone that way, uh, or or pl- you know playoff games, and it's yeah, it's it's you know, and it was nice to actually sit down and watch a full game too i have not had that opportunity uh before this weekend um to do that this spring with with any of the replays that have been going on so to actually sit down and watch a game um it was it was fun to do but also also a little sad because it's you know by this it was point, a little sad but it did it did bring back some good memories and uh i'll tell you the team that that i watched i forgot how dominant the the 2013 and 2014 duke teams were I didn't. Uh, I, they didn't show the 2013 one when they beat Syracuse in the final, and and that 16-10 score wasn't as close as it was. Syracuse scored a couple goals early, and then Duke just went. Out, they just they just ran away with it. In 2014, they played Notre Dame, and it was an 11-9 game. And again, it was one of those where it looked like Duke was gonna was gonna run them out of the building. But what stuck out to me was just how athletic that Duke team was. Those guys were huge up and down the field. They made Notre Dame look tiny, and those Notre Dame guys are not tiny. I mean, Miles Jones for Duke. I mean, he was a man among boys out there. And so that, that game was great. And then uh, I, I think my all-time favorite game, I'll see, I'll see if you remember this one. This was also in Foxborough in Boston, the, 20, uh, the 2009 championship between Syracuse and Cornell. Do you remember anything about that game? I, no, I do not. That was the game where Cornell had the game won. There was less than, God, there was less than 15 seconds left. All they had to do was clear the ball. And they were running out the clock, and they turned it over with about five seconds left. And, and Syracuse was somehow miraculously—it was like a behind-the-back pass to a guy on the crease, caught it and scored with like no time left, went into overtime, and Syracuse ends up winning their 11th national championship in uh, in overtime there against Cornell and stole one from them. And uh, you know, being an upstate guy, that's that's one of my <laughs> one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. So. Um. 
Well, before we uh, before we bring Matt in, I want to remind everybody, um, you know, well, let everyone know, because, of course, this has been uh, an unprecedented spring. Uh, we're going to be extending the deadline on the senior pages for a few more weeks. Uh, so instead of this coming Friday, the deadline is now going to be June 12th to reserve your page. Uh, for anyone that that's, doesn't know, uh, what I'm doing is this year I'm going to be taking, for anyone that wants one, uh, taking a... Uh, a picture and some information about uh, seniors, putting it on, um, I think it's going to be like an 8.5 by 11 size page, uh, making it into a PDF, uh, going to send you a copy of it, and you can do pretty much whatever you want with it. If you want to email it to all your friends and family, you can do that. If you want to print out, you know, a dozen copies and, and plaster them up in your neighborhood or, or put, them <laughs> in your, put them in your Christmas cards this, this winter or, or holiday cards, uh, you can do that, but... Um, you know, it's uh, just something we wanted to put together to kind of uh, pay tribute to uh, this year's senior class. Uh, so you can find out more about that by going to nh-highschoolsports.com is the uh, the top story on the the uh, column to the right there. I think it actually says top stories. Uh, so you can click on that and learn a little bit more. It'll be a nice little it'll be a nice little keepsake for everybody. And I, I think that's a good call to extend it like that. Um, you know, I think a lot of a lot of teams will be doing either either virtual uh, senior days or or award ceremonies or with with restrictions opening up a little bit, you might even have a chance to meet uh, meet in person a little bit and uh, follow some guidelines. So it'll be a, definitely a nice keepsake. All right. And joining us now, we've got Dairyfield senior Matt Weimer. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing great today. I just got off a long shift at work, so now I'm just happy to relax and talk to you guys. So Matt, what are you doing right now? You've uh, you you just about graduated from Dairy Field. You've been on uh, you've been on senior independent projects here. Tell the listeners what 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 are you doing for work right now? Yeah, so I'm I'm actually working in a warehouse at a pool and patio store. Um, so I've been building some grills, delivering chemicals, helping build uh, hot tubs, and all these other things you do in a warehouse. So I've been pretty busy. I work about forty hours a week, so it actually qualifies as full time. On top of that, I've been doing my independent senior project as well. So pretty busy Jeez. Wait, explain explain a little bit more about, about that independent project yeah so as a senior at dairy field um for the last five weeks of your experience here you do this independent senior project it's a project but you uh, design yourself um before the whole coronavirus thing started i was actually going to be shadowing um four doctors at various hospitals because that's the you know kind of field i would like to go in in the future um, but now me and two of my friends are focusing on um, help exercise and nutrition. So we've been designing workouts um, for some st students at Dairy Field. Um, we've been doing inf instructional videos um, and other infographic type things um, to try to improve our community. So that's what I've been focused on lately. And how long did it uh, did it take you to kind of change gears like that? You know, I mean, because this kind of popped up um, not quite out of nowhere, but it, it it did happen fast. So what did you? It was to... it was within a week. Yeah. yeah. Um, there, there was still talk even like two weeks before um, school or before ISP started that they were still going to let um, people come in. Um, but the hospitals or the lady that I was working with who was placing me within the hospitals um, told me within two, two weeks before it, it was going to start that I could no longer do it. So I had to, like you said, shift gears very quick. Um, luckily, me and my friends had already planned a little bit in advance because uh, we were all doing our ISP at a hospital. So. It was kind of, you know, just, just a little bit planning, and we had to talk with some teachers and get our project approved a few times. So it, it ended up working out. 
I was gonna say, Matt, you know, most of the listeners know that, uh, you know, you guys, you, you've battled through some injuries over the years. What is that what drew you to the medical field or, or is that just a, a coincidence? Yeah. So all my life I've been kind of, I've been dealing with a bunch of injuries, whether it be I, I've broken my neck, um, broke my wrist a few years ago. I've had foot pain throughout, throughout the whole high school experience. So all these are pretty much orthopedic injuries. Believe it or not, I was actually scheduled to have um, surgery today, um, but we ended up putting that off because of work and just I didn't really feel like spending another four weeks and doing nothing. Um, so, yeah, I, I've been surrounded by orthopedic surgeons my whole life. Um, that is the field I'd like to go into, orthopedic surgery. Um, so it's really kind of rubbed off of me, and I'm kind of, you know, I, I like the thought of not only helping other people, but it's also science, which I enjoy, and you're also solving problems and, you know, giving back. So I, I think it's a noble profession that I am dedicated to pursuing. Being experienced all of this stuff firsthand, I mean, do you kind of like, I, I guess, kind of look at yourself and, and kind of try to, I don't want to say self-diagnose stuff, but, but just when things pop up, um, you know, is that, is that kind of how you, you started to evolve into like a, a little bit more of this? I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I obviously know nothing really when it comes to the actual technical aspects of medicine, but you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at like if my friends are like, Oh, I have a, you know, a knot in my back, whatever I can, I can recommend a stretch or two to kind of loosen it up for them. So I, I guess you could say I'm, to an extent, I'm a little bit of a doctor to some of my friends. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I, I can't really diagnose really anything, obviously, but I, I do have a pretty good idea of when something's hurting, at least on my body, I have a pretty good idea of what it was, how serious it is, um, and how to like kind of treat myself. I've, I've had to do over 15 rounds of physical therapy um, throughout my life. So I, I, I've had a lot of, I've had access to a, a, a wide variety of stretches and, you know, different techniques. I, I do the grasping technique on myself as, as well as, you know, active release therapy so i've gotten pretty good at that so kind of learned matt you shouldn't have told me that man i believed everything you said last year every time every time you had an injury i let you off the practice you know you didn't have to you could take your time stretching you know oh well i i was i was treating it that was that was my treatment (laughs) all right doesn't mean doesn't mean my treatments work Something, something must have been working that you had there. You had over, you had over 42 goals and 16 assists for us last season. I mean, what do you, you know, after all the struggles that you went through and everything to get on the field, what are some of your best memories from last season? What do you, what do you take away not having a 2020 spring season? What do you, what do you take away and remember from this year? I mean, for me, I, over the years, I've learned to not take really anything for granted. I kind of, I missed out on my sophomore season, which was when I really started to start playing for the team. Freshman year, it was really just a learning year, so I didn't get on the field a lot. So I came into my junior year with a mindset of I'm just going to enjoy every minute of it. Win or lose, I'm just grateful to be around these kids and be on the field with them. Um, some of the, my favorite games was – I'd say my favorite game the whole year was probably the Exeter one. I had a blast that game. Um, we were so close to, to winning. I swear we hit like five pipes, but it was just a, such a fun game. We played as a team. Um, even though we lost, I mean, we took it really seriously, but we were all proud of ourselves because – we proved to you know the New Hampshire lacrosse community that we could hang with some of the best D1 teams out there. So I thought that was you know awesome. And also just a state championship. It was the first state championship that I really felt like I was a part of because um, I actually got on the field in the playoffs and, and I really contributed to the team. Um, so those, if if I had to pinpoint them, those are the two um, games that really resonated with me. 
<clears throat> the other game, the other game that I remember, Matt, that I'll always take with me was the, the first time we played Portsmouth in the regular season. Actually, oh, yeah. the only time we got to play Portsmouth that year. Um, you, you know, you played with such heart and determination and passion. I don't think you could walk the next day. Yeah, no, I was, it was a, probably more of like a week kind of thing. I was shuffling around, but yeah, I mean, I put, I put it all in the field. Um, I mean, even just the Westwood game, the, the Winnicott game, where it was my first game back, like it, so many great memories from last year that I truly will never forget. I, sometimes I go and watch the film when I'm bored, especially during this, you know, recent time. So it, it brings back really good memories just talking about it. You know, you guys left out the one the one play I, I remembered the most uh, from that Wind, Wyndham game, where uh, oh yeah, you, you know, yeah, the did, leap. Yeah, if we'd have been inside, I, you know, we'd both been talking about how you jumped out of the gym. Um, <laughs> you know, and I, I think I had to go. I think during as I, I thank God I got uh, got that on film. Yeah, you got um, a fantastic video. Yeah, there. and it and it I went back and watched it probably like three or four times before the end of that game. Um, just. Uh, you know, I don't. I, do you? And then, and for anyone, anyone not that doesn't know what we're talking about, you know, there was a, a play in that game where I think, I don't know, was it a pass or or the ball came out in front and you were just in the right spot, but it, yeah, it was, was going, o- yeah, it was going over your head and you just came up out of the out of the ground and, and got it in one motion and shot it. Um, I think yeah. if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Johnny Johnny Mac was serving from uh, from behind the goal and and it was over two. It was over a, his defender, the goalie, and then my defender. Yeah. Then, yeah, so it was a really well placed pass by John. We kind of had that connection. He knew he knew that I, it wasn't going to work if he just threw it normally. So I had I had to leap for it. He made it difficult. And I swear I haven't done plyometric activity in the past like three years. So I was surprised when I realized I could jump that high. Yeah, that was that was one of those ones where I was like, did I just see? Did I just see what I think I saw? <laughs> yeah, I it too. I mean that that sort of encapsul- encapsulates Matt's season last year. I mean, every time we needed a big play, he made it happen. I mean, and Joe, you remember that that Wyndham game was was pretty tight, and yeah, yeah. at that point in the game when Matt scored that goal, it kind of took the air out of the whole field. Like Wyndham was kind of believing they they were hanging around, and then all of a sudden Matt scored that, and everybody you had everybody had the same reaction, like their jaws just hit the ground, and they're like, "Wow, okay, I think Derryville's not losing today." And, uh, you know, that was like that was that was mad all season long. Whenever we needed something big to happen on the field, he made it happen. Um, you know, I, you know, he talked about the Westwood game. That game was a tight one. You know, you, you made something happen out of nowhere and, and scored a tough goal, you know, just on sheer will. The Portsmouth game, you know, you, you took a drive from behind and you made him switch into his own defense after that because they couldn't stop you. You know, there were a lot of a lot of big plays. Um, the first time we played Winnicunit. You, you couldn't be stopped. We, they, you made them switch out of their zone because you, you were on fire that game. You know, so it was a, it was a great season last year. A lot of yeah. You know, when, when, Matt, when you think of this, um, this class, the, the senior class that you're, you're a part of at Derry Field, you know, just how, how would you, I mean, you guys have, you know, it, it must be to a degree frustrating, um, obviously, but just what would you, you know, what would you say about how you guys, how would you define this group? Uh, that, that you guys were going to have. This yeah, year. I was actually thinking about this the other day. So, you know, there's a lot of talk that, you know, the, the classes above us, we've had some phenomenal players that we've to an extent been carried to our championships. I mean, last year we had, what, six college committed athletes. Um, and and you could argue that, I mean, I know there are people who are arguing that they're the reason we made it to the championship, but a lot of people don't realize, you know, our class is kind of the class that was always behind the scenes. I mean, you have Jacob Scholl, and who's always, you know, grinding up on defense Henry Howe playing amazing you know two-way midfielder Gunnar Senator he's always been there myself and even also I'd like to talk about how our class is not a class that's just lacrosse players I mean 
you have Gunnar Senator who's going to play golf in college. Henry Howe is a fantastic skier. Um, personally, I, I dedicate a lot of my time to you know academics and community service. You have the Eric twins who are phenomenal, phenomenal artists. So, I mean, we're really a well-rounded class, and I really was looking forward to this year to proving to everybody that, you know, we deserve to have a state championship under our name solely. Um, and we also had a fantastic, you know, 2021 and 2023 class behind us too. So I, I think a lot of the time when people think of Dairyfield lacrosse, they think of what's already happened, but they're not always thinking about the future. Um, so I, I, I was really confident this year. I think we would have had a lot of great, you know, skirmishes, especially with Portsmouth um, and Wyndham. Um, but I, I think we really could have pulled it off. And I, I, I was really excited to, you know, get on the field with the boys. So. I was excited too, Matt. I think a lot of a lot of teams uh, were, were kind of overlooking us this year because of, like you said, because of the players that had graduated. But I knew what we had this year, and I was excited to go to battle with you guys. I think we would have surprised a lot of teams, and I think we would have been as dominant as, as we've been in the past because you exactly yeah. what you said. Guys, guys learn the system. They know what they're expected to do, and they would have come out and they would have executed this season. I have no doubt that we would have we would have been right back where where we wanted to be again. And it's it's no no small part to the the role that you guys have had as seniors. I'm glad you mentioned all those guys because um, you know we we really are. I mean, you know, I even think of guys like Zach Horton who have been amazing role players oh, I mean, for us. I could, you know, I, I could and, go on about everybody. Zach, yeah. Jake, Clage, <laughs> they're all role players and they're all so dedicated to the team. I remember Zach freshman year. Um, he he took took one for the team and had to go up against his brother and practice all the time. He's one of the most vicious lacrosse players I've been around. And with his left hand, he's a right-handed player, but he he you know he volunteered to go left-handed against his brother. And I don't know, but if anybody knows who, who if anybody's played against uh, Max Horton, you know that's like a sacrifice. Um, so you know all these kids, I, I was so I was so proud of them. I've seen them grow throughout the past four years, and even we've had incoming kids, like even Joe McDonough. He's about to tear it up this year. So I was really looking forward to it. We have a lot of great kids in our class. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be sad to see you guys leave, but you know, you really have left a, a lasting legacy on the program. And, and I think you set a great example for, uh, for the kids underneath you guys. Um, you know, you, I, I've really been proud of you guys for, for how well we've, we've stuck together throughout this and through the zoom meetings and everything else that we've done. It hasn't been easy, but you guys, you guys have set a great example for them. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Matt, I want to thank you again for uh, for taking the time to join us. Uh, this is uh, Dairyfield senior Matt Weimer. Uh, Matt, thanks and and good luck. If you know, hopefully we'll uh, we'll get to see you guys at some point during the summer. Uh, but if not, you know, good luck uh, and and all that you do next year. So we're, yeah. we're gonna skip. We're gonna skip all the fun questions. Oh, we're gonna. You still want to do the fun questions with them? All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go. Let's go. The listeners want to know. All right. What, what Matt is in the COVID house, Matt? What what? <laughs> What what job did you have during our uh, COVID quarantine? I think I was the team doctor or something, which is no <laughs> surprise to anybody. I think you could have been the doctor. I think you could have been the academic. I think there's a lot of things that you could have been. You were uh, you were you were quite the you you were had many uses over the years for us, buddy, and we appreciate everything that you did. And now we're joined by our second guest of the night, uh, Bishop Girton girls lacrosse coach Leslie Y. Leslie, how are you doing tonight? Good, Joe. How are you? Oh, hanging in there. Uh, and well, uh, Chris and I were talking earlier, the, uh, you know, glad to be inside where it's a little bit cooler after what the first hot day of the year where we all probably would have been outside complaining about how hot it was after what snow a week ago or so. <laughs> I know terrible, terrible, uh, spring weather, but the heat was, the heat was good. There's a little lacrosse going on outside today too. So we got to enjoy that. 
course. Ooh, tell it. Tell us more. Yeah. Well, their small group has been cleared. So groups of nine girls and one coach. So um, yeah. So a little turf time and a little over there at Joppa, and yeah, it was good. Very nice. Very nice. Mm-hmm. So what, what were you able to? So what what were you able to do? What kind of what kind of skills and drills were you able to do with the kids? Um, I was just spectating, but, um, the, they were doing, um, they were all distanced. So they're six feet apart, um, with their bags and their water and all their gear. And then they're six feet apart in their lines. And, um, it's all just stick work and attacking, um, you know, on the cage, no goalie, but, um, no defensive work, no one-on-ones, nothing like that, but good, good group work. Awesome to see. But there was a stick in their hands, and they could see each other smiling. So that's got that's step, yeah. That's a step in the right direction, and it wasn't over Huge. a computer. So right, cool. Huge, and they weren't by themselves in their backyard or you know yep. on a field somewhere by themselves. Yeah, it's just a huge, huge boost to their just everything, <laughs> their their confidence, their sense of self, their happiness. So yeah, we're on the mend. That's fantastic. You know, for 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 you this year. Um, you know, obviously, you, you found out um, early on that you were going to be the head coach this year. Just what are you? What were you trying to do? You know, throughout the off season to get kind of um, everybody ready for this year, and and just what was that? What was that kind of like? Because you already you knew some of the girls already, correct? Yeah, I've been uh, coaching at BG for. Um, I spent some time coaching field hockey and lacrosse as well. Three years on JVA. We have three squads. Um, at BG, we're so, so lucky to have so many kids come out every year. New kids come out, seasoned kids, um, some that play clubs, some that don't. So we've got tons of kids out, and I've been coaching JVA for the last three years. And I knew in September, I think late September timeframe, that I was going to take over the varsity. So um, the first thing I did was <laughs> try to track down, you know, put people in place who who's the best staff that I could have around me. So we got some great coaches in place um, and I was going to be really lucky to have Abby Ahern um, who wasn't going to be able to play as a senior, um, but she was going to be an assistant coach as well. So she was a great bridge, I think, to the team um, for me, but we also had Alexis Felt, who's a Brewster and Southern New Hampshire grad, a New Hampshire Tomahawks coach. She was on Kevin McIntyre was um, another assistant coach. We were going to have a draw coach that we funded. And then Mike Kutu, who was JVB coach, moved up to JVA, and we had Bridget Sika in place to take JVB, who's a teacher at Bishop Girton as well, and like a 20, I don't know, young, <laughs> 20, 25-year-old um, former player and, and teacher that's really well-liked. So we started with that, put the, these great people in place. Um, and then we Mike came up with the theme because I really wanted to go with the gear, like get the gear and then like everyone would be really happy. So we focused on gear first. Um, and Mike came up with a um, kind of a tagline or a culture, something to build the culture around from PJ Fleck, who's the I think he's University of Minnesota football coach. Um, and so we had these shirts made that said family across the front. Um, and it stands for forget about me. I love you. So we really had them start to focus on each other and what they could do for each other. And from there we went to needs. What does the team need? What role can you play on the team and kind of where do you fit into the picture? And I think that was a really important step for us. And we spent a lot of time doing that. 
Leslie, that's great. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've, we've talked about it a lot this spring, talking about uh, culture building, team building, things like that. So, you know, great groundwork, great groundwork for the future. Um, what were you able to continue to do with the kids once, once it did stop? Did you continue to have Zoom meetings? Did you guys do social media stuff? How, how were, you, were you able to keep the momentum going? Yeah, we, we really did. I mean, the girls were doing, like, their off-season prep. And again, so lucky at BG, like, almost every varsity player is doing top fitness. They're doing Wednesday workouts. We've got three coaches there. They're doing indoor. We had three teams. And everybody is all in to connect and compete with each other and, um, you know, have fun. And so I think we had built that momentum because of the time that they were able to spend uh, you know, legally, according to NHIA rules, like that they could do together. They all did that all together. Even the kids that were playing other sports like winter sports, even the basketball and, um, and the ice hockey players, they would find a way to show up for indoor or, you know, squeeze in a workout um, whenever they could. So I think they took, they themselves took that momentum and at that point, you know, I'm just a guide, like I'm just kind of the bumpers in the lane, the, the, the bowling lane, like just let's just stay the course. And um, they provided each other with, um, you know, daily workouts and challenges and, you know, a BTB catch to shot and like then everybody's trying to do it. And so we had a lot of momentum that uh, carried into it. And we did we did a couple of Zoom calls. We did one where they all sent me um a uh, couple of like their favorite quote or like their life's motto kind of thing. Um, and then they sent me a couple of facts about themselves and I created a um, kind of like a Jeopardy style quiz show game. And we did that and we just, we all got dressed up and we laughed and it was just, you know, it was just great connection. So, um, but yeah, there was daily communication all the way through, I would say um, the beginning of May and then, then things started to taper off a little bit with the end of school and transitioning for seniors and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, they've been, they've been all in from day one and it's been awesome. You know, you, you mentioned um, Abby there uh, being, uh, uh, helping out with coaching this year, but what about, what about, I know you didn't have a, a ton of seniors this year, but who were some of the other girls that were, you know, that were going to be, um, you know, in the, it, taking on those leadership roles. And yeah, who were some of the girls that yeah. were going to be there for you this year? Well, we had um, Sophie O'Brien um, and she, so Lauren Lupo was one of the captains. She was the only senior captain. I mean, like you said, we had a very few number of seniors. We had Sophie O'Brien, who's heading to Merrimack. Um, we had Lauren Lupo um, and we had Bella Sobrero. Those are the only three returning seniors. Um, returning varsity players. And then Zoe Priest was with me down on JBA for three years. And um, she's going to Roger Williams and hoping to play there. And I was going to bring her in as a MIDI um, relief player and um, have her play a role there. And then Grace Wilson as well. So a kid with tremendous character and um, really, you know, dedicated to putting in the time um, and so I was going to have those five seniors, but I had a lot of juniors really um, carry the momentum as well, in addition to Lauren Lupo. So I had three, four other captains. Um, I had three other captains and I had Abby. So I had Abby, Lauren Lupo, um, Maddie Keating, Lindsay Holt, and Mimi Piercy. So it was quite the, the power squad of um, kind of 
leadership and inspiration and um, they all picked up different pieces at different times and everybody raised each other up when somebody had something really go sideways during quarantine and everybody did, but, um, but they really supported each other. Coach, what, what were you looking forward to most this season? First season as, as the head coach of Bishop Girton, what, what, what were some of the things? Were, were there games? Were there rivalries, milestones? What, what, what were you looking forward to? Um, I think I was looking most forward to having a pretty lean team, so not a lot of players. And I just didn't want anybody on the bench for much time. Like, I really wanted to find uh, the fit. Like, what are the needs of the team and what are the roles that these kids can play? These returning varsity players, I'm not letting any of them go. Like, they're, if you made varsity, you're, you're coming back and we're going to find a place for you to contribute. And I sat down and did these individual meetings with them. And we just, I learned a lot. And I, I think they learned a lot about themselves and um, how to take a breath and how they can contribute what their, you know, their soft skills, their hard skills, lacrosse skills, non-lacrosse skills. Um, I was really looking forward to watching them win beautifully to steal a, uh, a phrase from Abby Wambach. Um, I just wanted them not just to win and grind it out. I wanted them to win beautifully and, and just with the energy that I know they could bring to it. Um, so that's what I was looking forward to, to seeing kids really take flight um, and not having a big bench. <laughs> No, no, well, at BG, you're lucky you can do that. You've got you've got multiple you got multiple teams. It's not like you put together a great staff to to allow that to happen. And I I think kids would have, yeah. would have responded to that. Maybe there's an initial disappointment of not making varsity, but then then you're getting to actually play. You know, would you yeah. would you have done? Would you have had? Would you have had the ability to do swing players? Would you would you have looked at maybe doing something like that? Yeah, you know, there was a couple kids. Um, I really was only looking at bringing you know, a handful of kids um, up to varsity, a um, couple freshmen, a sophomore, you know, a junior, a senior, like it was really going to be kind of very specific. And um, we are really lucky at BG because Mike Kutu is a fantastic coach. He coaches for New Hampshire Tomahawks too. He's coached my daughter um, and he's a great coach and he's very knowledgeable. And what I said to these kids you know, during the preseason was, look, you know, they would come to me and they'd say, we, like, where do you see me fitting in? I say, look, you need to you need to be the leader. You need to be a, a tremendous leader on JVA and and get that confidence and know what you can bring to bear and then bring it to varsity. So, you know, it's an open tryout. And if you have a lights out tryout, then you got a shot. But really what I'd love to see from you this year is develop this set of skills and you be you crush it on JVA, like the kids that moving that are moving to varsity did last year. You you, uh, you mentioned some of the the names of the juniors that you were going to be looking to this year for leadership, and and I you know I go back to the the, the email that you sent me when we were we were still trying to put previews <laughs> together, and I remember looking at that junior class and thinking just. I mean, it's it's kids that have been on varsity and 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 not just with lacrosse, some multi-sport kids on there too. That it just feels like yeah. they've been, you know, at that that kind of varsity level and now getting to like almost an, an elite level of of athletics, um, you know. And it's just a, it looks like it's a tremendous group. Yeah, there's there's going to be eight of them next year. Just prior even to tryouts, there's going to be 
seven returning and then Tegan McGinnis, who would have made varsity this year. Um, she's got some brothers that you guys might have heard of um, that have come to the program as well. And um, that eight, eight kids, eight girls that are committed to D1 or D2 schools wow. coming back wow. as seniors. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous and huge. And they're all they all play for each other. And they're all tremendous players and tremendous leaders. So that was that's exciting. Really, really exciting so to have I'm, that core group come back. So you're saying I'm, I'm going to start work penciling in my 2021 uh, predictions right now. <laughs> no, pre- no pressure. Oh, no, yeah, no, no pressure. pressure. No, no, no pressure. I mean, well, you know, it's going to be, you know, this was going to be a great year, but I, I honestly think that next year we will have one of the most competitive teams that BG's ever had. Um, and again, my view is a little limited because I've only been around for, for four years now. But um, with the sophomore class, coming behind them there's five solid sophomores and then there's two freshmen that I would have taken this year too um and there's probably more uh, like I tell all these kids when they're at BG anywhere else you would have made varsity two years ago you know but you just you know you pick the school that has so much depth and so with eight seniors um juniors rising seniors you know it's it doesn't create a lot of room but we do have to start to build rebuild the foundation in that sophomore and freshman, you know, rising junior, rising sophomore class. So there are more rising sophomore candidates um, to add the two that I would have had this year. And I honestly don't have any insight into the 24s because uh, we didn't have our normal, um, our spring where the, the night, like the athletics night or the, you know, accepted students night. We didn't like, we didn't have that. So you know, I didn't get my signups and stuff like that. So, um, so we'll see. It'll kind of be like a surprise <laughs> that we'll work with. <laughs> so, coach, is there any area coming back, knowing what you know and and what's coming back next year? What what would you say would be the key that you're going to focus on with the team, or you want them thinking about for next year? Is there is it a is it a is it defense? Is it transition? Offense? Goaltending? I mean, is there is there any area, or is it just continuing to build, you know, team culture? Um, we are, we just have to keep that momentum up and keep the, you know, the connections going with the culture, but, um, or, and rather than, but we're going to need middies. Like we just, I've been telling everyone, like, don't, don't tell me you want to come join us as an attacker or a defender. Cause right now, like I'm up to my eyeballs and attackers and defenders, but if you have speed and you have heart and you've got skill and you can, you know, you can get your defensive skills up. We need middies. So I'm telling all the fast kids, you know, you got legs, we need them. So start <laughs> start building up that defensive skill if you're an attacker. Or the, the beauty of some of the defenders, like we've got um, Delaney Romalo, who when I coached her uh, as a sixth grader, she threw an absolute fit because um, she was a middie and I made her play defense because I said, we need to win this tournament. So you're, you're going to play here. And uh, definitely did not like that fiery redhead. Um, and now I told her in the beginning of the season in our preseason discussion, I said, look, Delaney, you know, you could play midi. Like you really could be, you know, take a few runs on midi from back, you know, playing back there on defense. 
Oh, I don't know about that coach. Well, I do Delaney. So um, we have a lot of kids that can play defense and they can play MIDI and they can be rested on attack if we needed them. So we also have a tremendous amount of, of depth in each kid with those juniors and with some of those sophomores. Um, but we are going to have to build that, that MIDI base. So. Coach, I love it. I mean, I preach that all the time. Positionless lacrosse. Like, you, you, if you're you're a lacrosse player, you're not a defender, you're not a midfielder, you're not an attacker. Like, you play lacrosse, and so right. you got to learn, got to learn all the different positions and, and be willing to do those things. I mean, I, that's what I took away from from your earlier comments is just the willingness of your team to do whatever they needed to do, or at least that's what you were expecting them this season to do. So, yeah, I love it. Positionless lacrosse is is where where it's at. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we've got kids that haven't seen a lot of time that are going to blow your mind. Like we've got Frida Teresa, who's going to UMass Lowell, hasn't seen a lot of time at all to date because there just wasn't a lot of, you know, there wasn't a lot of room coming off the bench. But she's a kid that can play D, she can play MIDI. She, you know, I'm not going to stick her on attack because we're we're healthy there. Um, but tons of, of kids that could take runs through midfield as a defender, which I think is tremendously dangerous and makes us a huge threat. So I think we're really well positioned for next year. And then, then we really need to start to, as we come into next year, we're going to have to, you know, add into that sophomore freshman base with some, with some middies. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, Chris, I don't want to, I don't want to step on your toes this time, but, uh, you want to? Are you ready with your uh, <laughs> with your your fun? Uh, well, end on a high note with your uh, with your questions there. All right, Coach. Well, anyone anyone who's been listening to the podcast knows we like to have some fun at the end and, and ask some fun questions either about the coach or the kids. Uh, okay. So we'll start. Maybe we'll see we'll see how well you've gotten to know gotten to know your team. But uh, you know who who do you think on the team this year would have been the ringleaders of entertainment who would have been bringing the music to practice every day. Like who, who would have been the ener- energizers? Uh, well, Maddie Keating, uh, rising senior was absolutely in charge of, of music and indoor, but she definitely had that country slam. So it was always country. And then when she couldn't make it one day, Riley popped in there, Riley Bouvier rising junior pops in there with like her, you know, her playlist, I have to turn to her and say, is it clean? And she says, yes. Oh, okay. Yes, coach. Yes, coach. It's clean. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Riley's, Riley's got the, uh, the pump up playlist and Maddie's got the, the, uh, the country slant, but I had a pretty good like mojo going with Maddie because they would blast the music during the drill, like get in their groove. And then I'd go Maddie and I'd hold on my wrist because that's how they would start and stop the music. And Maddie would just look at me and she would stop it with Riley. Like I would have to like scream and yell and jump up and down. <laughs> Riley, her, stop the music. So, um, but yeah, those are my two entertainers in the music, the music vein. Very nice. Very nice. Did you guys, uh, did you have plans? Would you, was your team into like, did they do uh, like dress up coordination days at school? I don't even know if BG allows that. I know you guys have uniforms. Can you do, can you do special theme days or anything like that? Not out of like it's by class, like so the junior class will sponsor okay. like a dress down day. Not but by team. um no, not by team, but they can wear like on game day they can wear their shooters and um Lindsay Holt and crew, uh Captain Crew, they designed um she really took the lead on this. They designed a uh, a shooter that will be revealed next next year. 
Um, okay. And she designed this insane shooter that they all went bananas over and they were going to have like matching scrunchies and like, you know, the whole, again, it's like, if the gear is good, like, we did blackout, like, so we did black sweatshirts, black hoodies, black sweatpants, everybody got them. We did the family shirts, all black, everybody got them. So if, if the gear's good, it's all good. So I've, I've said that for years. I'm, I'm, a, big, <laughs> I'm a big gear guy. I love that. Yeah. And so do the kids. It's like, it's like Christmas in July. It's great. Exactly. Um, <laughs> all right. So one last thing. So uh, we've been talking over over the quarantine here have you picked up any new skills or or something your kids might not know about you um my lacrosse kids because yep. <laughs> i have two daughters at home. um you know i'd love to say i've really like nailed the whole TikTok thing or <laughs> you know that there's like some breakout skill that i have um i would say that my my new skill is probably underwhelming to most is that I can now um, like take something, I can copy a link off of Instagram and I can post it in the group chat and they can just like tap on it and it'll take them to Instagram so they can see the the drill or the like whatever it is that I'm trying to share with them. So I was pretty, you know, I, I was I pretty impressed very, with I myself. Yeah, I can relate to that too. Yeah, yeah that's, that's... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you're 50, I turned 50 in quarantine. So when you're 50, you're like, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a tangible skill. That's like a, a new one. So, yeah. So that's my, that's my, my ad for the, uh, the three month quarantine or whatever it is, but. Well, uh, well, anything, anything you'd want to tell anything, you know, some of the, the freshmen and, and younger girls may not have gotten to know you this year. Anything you'd want to share with them as far as like, you know, outside of the lacrosse world, knowing you, what, what, what other, uh, any, anything exciting that you would share with them? Um, let's see. A lot of them know me. <laughs> I'm known for being known. Um, but, uh, let's see. I started running again. They need to know that I'm back running. They went through like, I, I went through a, a whole like uh, set of like injections and like helping to like stabilize my neck. And I had had surgery 10 years ago. I had brain surgery. So they, they knew that, but they didn't really know it. And so when during indoor, um, during the preseason practices, there was a couple practices I had to miss because I had to get these injections and, um, and they were pretty painful and they uh the way they rallied around me and supported me through kind of you know grinding through that to get back to a place where i'd be able to run um was pretty amazing so they put together a whole book um and dropped it off at my house during quarantine and it was it was really really cool stuff and um so i'm i'm happy to share with them and all of them that uh, I'm back running three miles every other day um, in Mines Falls. We just moved to Nashua. So we're just five minutes from BG and just a half mile from Mines Falls. So I am, uh, I'm on the mend and running again. So really happy about that. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, yeah. And, and... Sounds like to me, I'd be worried as a girl coming in next year that I'm going to do a lot of conditioning. They are, they are, you know, they gotta be, they have done a phenomenal job, you know, all these, all these kids, um, Nat, Riley, Delaney, Stephanie, all, those are all the, the rising juniors, um, which I can't believe they're juniors. Like the, they just, 
have all committed themselves to working out with Carrie, to doing top fitness. Um, and then all of these committed players, none of them are slacking off. Um, Tegan, Maddie, Emma, Frida, Kyla, Mimi, Lindsay, Tana, every one of them committed and every one of them doing daily workouts. So yeah, so those freshmen coming in, that's a lot of, they have a lot of conditioning to uh, close the gap on if they're not doing it already. <laughs> well, uh, Leslie, we'd like to thank you again for joining us. Uh, sure. Pre appreciate you taking the time and, and answering our questions. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to kind of speak as, you know, on the behalf of these girls and they, they lost a lot. Everybody lost a lot in missing this season, but, um, they're all healthy. They're all happy. And, um, we're just blessed to be able to, to be able to come together for a senior night next Monday and, um, and kind of wrap things up and move into, to summer. Well, coach, we're looking forward to some beautiful lacrosse next year. Yes, absolutely. Thank you both. And that was uh, Bishop Girton girls lacrosse coach, Leslie Y. Thank her again for joining us. Uh, before we wrap up, got a couple things here. Uh, of course, uh, Chris, uh, being the AD at Dairy Field, uh, you got kind of a, an insight on some things that have been going on. Uh, what what are what interesting or, or updates do you have for us this week? Well, you know, I think um, I think it's been interesting the fact that uh, there's been a few states that have really started to open things back up again. Uh, Oklahoma has announced that as of June 1st, they're going to be open for business for all sports, um, all so high, high school sports, right? All or high school sports, youth all, sports, yeah. yeah, contact football, football is going to be coming back and everything. So it'd be interesting to see how they open up. Uh, Texas just released their guidelines today, um, literally as we were about to start the podcast here. So I haven't had a chance to look at that. Um, but I know, um, you know, the, the sort of New England ADs here, uh, Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, we've all been talking, kind of coming up with procedures around uh, what we can do you know, once uh, once the governor decides what what the opening of school is going to look like next year. Um, and like we've talked about in previous episodes, just sort of scenarios on, um, you know, if, if we can have a season, uh, if not, can we still give the kids some sort of sport experience, whether it's, you know, intramural skills and drills, things like that are currently going on. And then we've all been talking about it. You know, how would we handle it if, if we had to do, God forbid, if we had to go remote again, um, you know, which I know no one no one wants. So. Again, just to, to reassure everybody, we are we are working hard and trying to make sure that something happens for uh, for the kids for next fall. We're all we're all pushing for for a full return, um, but we got to make sure we're doing it in a safe way. Yeah, that was going to be my, my question. There was because um, I, I I did see the Oklahoma thing um, and and un unfortunately forgot to f to follow up on it. Uh, are they back in school? Um, and and is that I mean I guess is that a deal breaker for? I mean, it must it sounds like it's a deal breaker. Is it if if you know, we're not if New Hampshire isn't back in school in the fall, then it's going to probably be a no go for sports. Yeah, it's definitely I think like college presidents have said, it's it's kind of a deal breaker. Like if students aren't on campus, then there's there's it would be difficult to have uh, to, to, to seem like it would be safe to do sports. I think there is there is a little bit of, of leeway with that. I mean, we're we're out of school right now. And again, I think we just made that choice because it was easier. But I could see a situation where maybe it's a hybrid where some people are on campus and some people are remote. But yet you still could do sports because a lot of them are outdoors. I think the indoor sports are going to be a little bit trickier if we're if we're still in that in that mode. Um, but 
I would say I would say it's at least 75 75% greater chance that if we're not in school then then there would be no uh, competitive sports in the fall next year. I, I think I don't want to I don't want to completely rule it out because I think there are some creative minds out there that are thinking about ways we could do it. But um, I think it would be a tough sell to the public to to tell them that things are safe to play sports, but yet they're not safe enough for right. our kids to yeah. be in school. I think that would be a hard, that would be a tough sell. Yeah, that's very, it's, well, it's it's like any other time that school's postponed. If, if school's postponed, it's, you know, it's it's tough to, you know, you can't, it, it's not safe then probably to, to do anything, any other. There's been a, there's been a lot of, a lot of, a lot of days when I've been an Alpine ski coach where I've been upset that we, uh, we've been out of school for snow and we can't go to the ski meet, even though the ski meet <laughs> might still be happening. We, somewhere, so. we can't, we can't go ski cause it's snowing. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, similar well, situation. Good. To, I mean, good to hear that, that sounds like things are hopefully, uh, plans are being put in place to get us in, in that direction if, if need be. It'll be well. You know what? It's a, it's a grand experiment right now with with uh, Pony League and um, and Legion Baseball opening back up, and uh, you know other other competitive sports doing small groups. It'll be a um, it'll be an interesting experiment over the next couple of months. And I think if we can uh, if we can get through the next couple of weeks and and maybe cases continue to stay flat or decline, then um, then that's a good sign that maybe we can we can pull this off. All right. Well. Before we finish up, we have to do our uh, we're in, like we've done uh, the last couple of weeks. We try to end on a high note uh, with a a fun quarantine question. So this week, um, of course, we've had now had uh, what almost two and a half months uh, of hanging around the house quite a bit, uh, maybe more so than usual. I know as as you mentioned earlier, you you made a move um, during this during this quarantine, so you had to pack up everything and. And uh, are you unpacked yet? I, I don't I don't know. We haven't we haven't ventured that far into it. Uh, are you close to being everything? Uh, everything's everything's unpacked. We haven't hung a lot of stuff. We want to live in the space a little bit. And the and the dining room is not set up because we, we don't have we don't have the dining room set yet. But everything else is good. So we, we, we were able to I never want to do that again. Wait too many <laughs> so hopefully hopefully this is the move. So this week, uh, I, our question is. What is something from your past that you've discovered, uh, whether it's been moving or just cleaning things during quarantine, going through stuff? Uh, what's something that you found that, that gave you a little bit of uh, nostalgia or, or something along those lines? Oh, I like that one. Uh, so actually in the move, I had a bunch of boxes that my parents gave me because we before we moved here, we actually had a space big enough that we could we could get the stuff out of my parents' house. And they like physically like forced us to take it out of there. So <laughs> I had boxes that I hadn't touched because we didn't want to unpack them. And then I finally got them here. And uh, so you, Joe, you probably saw in, in the Jerry field Instagram page, I found my old high school Jersey. Yeah. It still fit. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that was a nice, that was, that was a good reassurance. So that was nice. And then I also found uh, a nice little piece of nostalgia. Uh, so I grew up in upstate New York. I grew up in Liverpool, and uh, one of our main rivals up there was West Genesee. And lacrosse fans out there might know West Genesee from the the multitude of state championships they won at the the Class A level in New York. Which, you know, if you know anything about lacrosse in New York, you know you not only have to win your section, which has as many teams in it as we would have to win a state championship here for, but then you go through you know multiple other sections. And West Jenny has done this year after year. Their coach is the all-time, I think he has over a 1,000 wins, Mike Massayer, uh, all-time leader in wins. And uh, my sophomore year, I got to start in net, and we beat him 6-3, to three, and I found the ball that I didn't even know I had. Oh, wow. my, my parents had, uh, my parents had um, 
you know, commemorated the ball and everything and found it, found it in a box. And that was, that was pretty cool to think back on that game. That was definitely, that was that back then, that was as good as winning a state championship. You beat, you beat the team. And, uh, you know, that was, that was pretty cool. It was a great night. Uh, I just pulled this up, uh, real quick on the, uh, the laxrecords.com website. Uh, he's actually won 846 games. Still a tremendous amount. All right, so maybe not yeah. quite a thousand, but still unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, I mean it, it is. You just think about the number of years you'd have to coach, even if you won twenty games a year, right? Like that—that's an incredible. I don't, you know, who knows if that'll ever that'll ever be reached, ever ever come so close to that. The um, I don't know how recently this has been updated. So that would be that's that's the number one uh, by ninety-nine wins. Um, the next there, the next closest on the list that's listed as present is still coaching. I don't know how accurate that is because it does have. Um, Brian O'Reilly from Pinkerton on here as as he's ninth on this list. I don't know again if it's been updated because it says he's still coaching as well. But the next closest guy who's active is at six seventy five. So and he's been coaching since uh, seventy nine. So that's, <laughs> uh, that's quite a few years to catch. He may up. not have that many years left. Yeah. Here, so. um, that yeah yeah incredible. incredible. So so mine is actually uh, so. My mom was going through things in her basement and came across uh, a box of old cassette tapes uh, that had been mine and my brother's. Uh, And for those of you who don't know what cassette tapes are, uh, they were what we used before CDs. And if you don't know what CDs are, then you may want to just tune this part out. Um, So in the box, though, was was a a Walkman. Um, I think think it was mine. It looks familiar. so a Walkman, for anyone that doesn't know, is what you would use to play. It was a portable cassette player that you put headphones into and then could listen to, you know, like you do now with your your phones and other musical uh, digital devices. Uh, you know, of course, as being a cassette, you had to actually rewind and fast forward things if you wanted to go from, uh, you know, from song to song. Uh, but, you know, this was a this is a must be a pretty high end Walkman because not only is it a cassette player. You ready for this? Uh, it's got the radio on it too. AM, oh, I had that AM one. and I had that FM. One. So, yep. yep, big time. It's also something got something on it called extended bass system, <laughs> <laughs> and a clip on the back for you to hook it onto your waist. Your the Do waist you remember your what was it? What was the first? What was the first tape? What was the first tape you had? Do you remember? First cassette? I um, cassette. I don't know. I know the first CD that I had. Um, All right. Oh wow! Now it was. Um, Alice in Chains, uh, I want to say it was Jar of Flies. Was that? Well, yeah, I think it was that one. Um, that was the first CD I had. Cassette, uh, I'm not sure. How about you? Uh, so I'm a kid. You can't laugh at me at the time when I had mine. <laughs> mine was back. Mine was back, and I think it was, I, I must have gotten it right around 1990. I think I would have been 9 or 10. I would have been 9 or 10 at the time. I had uh, I had Genesis, We Can't Dance. Very nice. And I had uh, and, and I had uh, MC Hammer's first uh, first first tape out there too. Actually, that's what uh, I that's what I picked up to um, test out the Walkman to see if it still worked. Oh was, yeah, uh, MC Hammer. What was the name of this? Please, Hammer, don't hurt him. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Well, that's... all right. So I wasn't. I wasn't the only. All right, good. So I wasn't the only one. Excellent. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that seems like a good point to uh, to wrap up this week. Uh, Chris, I want to thank you again for uh, for doing this and uh, appreciate the time. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to do this again next week. 
No problem. Hopefully, we didn't lose all of our all of our, uh, <laughs> our our student base with that with that last comment there. So I'm showing our age, but yes, it was great. We'll do it again next week, and uh, we'll keep working on trying to set up those uh, those live uh, live game casts. That'd be a lot of fun yeah. if we could do that. So we'll work on it. He's Dairy Field Boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler, and I am Joe Marcellina. Thanks again for listening.